So last year we did uh, what's called KG's Carnival of Books. We basically had books for all the kids in two schools to come come in and grab two books and take home. It, the inspiration was, you know, IPS, we have a real need for getting our literacy rate up. It, we have, I think it's like 22.3% uh, pass of third graders pass the uh, literacy test. Um, the reason that's such like an important number is because um, they determine how many prisons they're going to build based on that number. So you're listening to for the athlete, a podcast aimed at humanizing the athlete by giving them a platform to control their own narrative and tell their life stories. As always, here's your host, Brooks Huber. What's up everyone. You're listening to another episode of for the athlete. This time, I'm joined by Colts tight end, Kyle Granson. So glad to have you on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Kylan, he is entering his third NFL season. He has his own nonprofit and has had quite the journey to get to the league. We're going to go over all of this during the next 30 minutes. Thank you so much for joining the show today. And we're going to start off with some rapid fire, if you're ready. All right, I'm ready. All right, three, two, one, go. Hometown. Austin. Favorite high school memory? Uh, uh, project graduation. College you attended? Uh, SMU. Major you had? Economics. Favorite actor or actress? Will Smith. Favorite genre of music? Uh, rap. Most likely to pick up your call out of all your teammates? Mo. How about least likely? Ah, uh, least likely. That's tough. Probably uh, Q. Okay, and then what's your go-to lazy dinner? Go-to lazy dinner? Shoot, DoorDash. <laughs> Just DoorDash something. That's that's lazy for me. Just ordering it in. That's awesome. Favorite video game growing up? Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Okay. What was your first purchase in the league? My first part, like my big purchase? Just anything. It could be like a Snickers bar at the gas station. Oh, I bought a fishing pole. To go fishing. How, how many times do you go fishing? One, One time. <laughs> One time since then. <laughs> uh, how about? I had big, I had big hopes for myself, and then uh, yeah, that was it. But I still have it. <laughs> uh, favorite player growing up? Uh, Walter Payton. Favorite team growing up? Bears. And dream job outside playing tight end for the Colts. Mm, being an actor. And if you had somebody play you in a movie, who would it mm-hmm. be? Uh, the Rock, obviously. <laughs> nah. Uh, yeah, I th- yeah, The Rock or Michael, Michael B. Jordan, maybe. Michael B. Jordan, he's had a couple of good movies come out. His Creed yeah, franchise yeah, is good. Yeah. Creed's good, yeah. I love that. Well, we're just going to go through all of these, some of these questions. Uh, we kind of already went through fishing. If you mm-hmm. had, if you were to end up gold fishing, who would it be with on your team? Uh, probably Pitt. Pitt knows the spots. He knows a bunch of people. He does fishing all the time. Okay, great. And then, yeah, so why is Q not picking up your calls? Like, is there, what, what's his deal? I don't, even, I don't have Q's phone number. And I feel like even if I were to call, he wouldn't answer. <laughs> I feel like he'd text me and be like, what? 
So is that normal not to have every teammate's phone number? Because I guess there there is a good amount of turmoil every year with the roster. But with a player like Quentin Nelson, I feel like I mean he's going to be there for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty normal. Um, yeah, there's there's some people whose phone numbers I do and don't have, but it really just goes upon like how much you see them, like how much you interact with. Well, hey, at least as long as you have your wide receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks number, it's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. All right, well, that was the rapid fire portion. I hope you enjoyed it. And now we can go into some of the normal questions. Uh, I kind of wanted to go through your high school career and then mm -hmm. to, to um, the NFL because you have an incredible story of how you got to the league. And I, mm -hmm. I kind of want to just go through it all. So you had a crazy high school journey switching high schools twice, not getting many looks in college until heading into your senior year, and you broke your leg five weeks before your senior season began. What was your biggest learning moment that helped you get to where you are today? Uh, the biggest learning moment uh, it was probably, yeah, right after I broke my leg. It was two weeks before our first scrimmage, three weeks before our first game, and they told me I'd be out six to eight weeks in a cast, and then, like, one or two weeks on top of that for physical therapy before I'd be able to see the field. And it was tough and like having to mentally like move past that and be like, all right, I just gotta do what I can do now rehab wise and training wise. That'll set me up and put me in the best position to be ready whenever I do get this cast off. And uh, yeah, uh, took a day to kind of wallow in the, the self pity, you know, be like, ah, oh, this sucks, you know, what am I gonna do? Um, and then that next morning, I was in there at 5 a.m. working out, going four times a day. Um, we ended up getting the cast off like in three weeks, walking around in a boot. I was, <laughs> I was able to start squatting and like lifting, not running or anything crazy, but I was able to like move around, get some mo mobility going. And I was able to come back, uh, I want to say week six was my, I finally was like cleared. And I was able to play 10 games. Like, And the reason we were able to play 10 games is because we went all the way to state, played a 16-game season, lost. But uh, I ended up getting a scholarship to Rice after that. So, I mean, lose, lose win, I guess. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, throughout all, everything that you said, throughout all those ups and, ups and downs, who was your biggest inspiration and influence at that point in your life? Uh, really, it was my dad because he was a strength coach at the time. So he, he was the one writing up all the, the rehab. and the, Well, not the rehab. He was writing up all the, the exercises and all the, the training stuff. And then um, my trainer at the time, Max Ozer, that's my guy. Uh, he was taking care of me and making sure, like, once I was able to get into that boot, he was really doing a whole bunch of soft tissue, active release. Yeah, we were. I was in there. Like, if I wasn't in the training room, I was in the weight room. If I was in the weight room, I was like, in the classroom, if I was in the classroom, I was eating. If I, if I was none of those things, I was asleep. So, <laughs> like, so I was always grinding. Yeah, always grinding. People thought I was a robot. <laughs> it worked out. It got you to this point. Uh, like you said, you got an offer from Rice after your senior year. Uh, however, you left after your sophomore year. What went into that decision? Um couple things uh i played my first two years we went three and nine then one and eleven not great <laughs> um so head coach coach bailiff he got fired love him to death though um but yeah i just kind of looked at it from 
a very logical and objective point of view as like, okay, I have two years of eligibility left plus a red shirt. Um, I don't know who they're going to bring in, um, but I know that this could be like the final, the final spell of like football and football is something I love my whole life. So I was like, you know what? If I'm going to go out and play these last two years, I don't want it to be just for whoever they bring in. I want to decide how I go out. I want it to be on my terms. So I took a, a gap semester. I took I took off because um, after the season ended in that winter, I basically sat out the spring. I went to ACC Community College, took some classes, um, got my associates and kind of shopped around, went and talked to a, different, a couple different schools about walking on. And then I actually ended up uh, chatting with my head coach who got fired, um, Coach Bailiff, at spring game. Uh, whenever, or not spring game, it was spring practice. We were uh, watching UT practice because I was thinking about walking on there. And uh, he just pulled up in his truck, you know, just like one of those chance things. And he was like, hey, man, how you been? And, you know, we started chatting, catching up, me, him, and my dad. And then um, he was like, well, you should probably, you know, check in with SMU. Uh, Sonny's a real good dude. We coach together. Um, you ought to get to get in touch. So we did, got in touch, went up there, chatted, saw the place. And, you know, I felt really confident with my skill set that I could make a difference there. So I decided, you know, ultimately walk on there. You just answered my next three questions all in that. I love it. <laughs> uh, so I, I have this whole sheet right here and it was going down. Okay, so SMU. Okay, you talked to your coach about it. And yeah, no, you answered all of those. So let's just talk through that a little bit more. Do you still stay in touch with your former coach that helped you go to SMU? Yeah, I still stay stay in touch with him. Uh, I got, I'm actually probably going to go see him here when I go down to Austin. Um, but yeah, I still stay in touch. Probably not as much as I should because, you know, just everything with the leagues keep me busy. Um, but yeah, I keep in touch with him. I've touched base with some of the, the older coaches who were there originally. Um, cause I, I did like the coaches that we just, we weren't very good. Um, so I stayed in touch with them. I stayed in touch with some of the players. Those are my guys. That was the hardest part of leaving. Honestly, it was just the locker room, the coaches, you know, it was just like one of those things. It was like, I love you guys, but you know, I get, I want to do something else. Was that before like the lenient transfer rules? Oh yeah. This is back in the day when you had to <laughs> sit out of here. So I, like nowadays you can move willy nilly, but no. Uh, yeah, I think it was the year, it was like a year or two after I transferred, they changed it. And I was hot. I was pissed. I was mad. I was like, no, <laughs> I could have played right away, but I had to sit out. Nah. Well, yeah, you had to do it the hard way. You had to sit out and now all these, all these college kids, they can just move wherever they want to. Yeah. Yeah. And I missed, I, see, I missed out on that and I missed out on NIL. So I ain't get no money and I had to sit out. <laughs> hey, it's working for you though. You got drafted to the Colts. You're killing it's it. It's very right true. Now. Very true. Very true. Very true. But I'm still mad about it. <laughs> and hey, you deserve to be. I mean, yeah. I'm also, yeah, I was mad about it too. Every single essay that I could write was why college athletes should get paid. Oh, that's nice. Well, yeah, see, well now it's bittersweet because like now I can't write that essay anymore. Yeah. Because it was an easy A every single time. But, <laughs> You know, I'm glad that athletes are getting paid. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, for my next question for you is, what was the pre-draft process like? And how did you know you were going to go to the Colts? Was it like as the pick was going in? Or did you have like, 
was your agent telling you, okay, so here's some possibilities of where you could go? All right, so for pre-draft process, once I got done with my senior year, um, I think I took like a couple weeks off just to kind of let the body, you know, go, oof, you know, because once once you really start training for, I got invited to the Reese's Senior Bowl, which is a mobile. Um, once you, you got to start getting ready for that pretty soon because it takes place in January. So I took a couple weeks off and then it was right back to the to working out, getting getting active. Um, got prepared for that, felt pretty good going into it. Um, and then when I got there, that was like a whole, you know, introduction into like what my life was going to be like for the next couple of years. And it, it was, it was a lot, you know, I, I had expectations for what it was going to be, but you know, the amount of meetings, the amount of stuff you need to learn, um, just the sheer mental toll. And then you go out and have to perform, um, definitely makes the, the cogs start spinning real on overtime. Um, that was, it was a fun week though. Got to got interviewed by all thirty-two teams while I was there. Got some exposure. Got to meet, talk, shop. It was a fun time. But then, as soon as that's done, um, some more training, getting more ready. I got invited to the combine, but COVID. <laughs> so I was COVID year, no uh, no combine. So I just had to get ready for pro day. Um, my pro day was March twenty-fifth. Um, went out. Did my do? Did, did, did my deal? Killed it, you know. And then I want to say the draft was like started the nineteenth, went to the twenty-first of April. Um, obviously, watched day one, day two, day three. But on my sheet, my agent gives me a sheet, and it basically has like, all right, here's who's got what picks. Here's where we could think about you like going. Like you could go anywhere from third round to undrafted like they they have like every single pick like and they've got like it ranked like okay your top team is this your second team is this third team all the way down and so really you you have no clue like i people always ask like so like did you know and it's like well no i had no clue maybe it's different for like the first rounders like the the ones who are like in cement like okay i know he's first round pick all right and then further down but for us guys in the later later draft yeah there's yeah you have no clue what's going on because people trade up people trade down all of a sudden you know you're getting a phone call hey you ready to come to us and it's like okay yeah yeah and then you never get the call and they pick somebody else yeah that's just a thing yeah it's a whirlwind you won't know until um you won't know until you get that call wait so who was on do you remember who was on that top of that list was it the colts was it a different team I want to say the Colts were like four or five. They were in the like towards the middle. I think towards the top was like Washington, um, Green Bay, maybe. Uh, I know the Cowboys were in the middle too, kind of with the Colts. I think the Colts were fourth, and the Cowboys were fifth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Fan. I'm trying to remember the screenshot <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Yeah, as a Cowboys fan, I would I would love to have you in Dallas. We need some more athletic guys oh, like you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate so that. just to recap, um, you had no NIL money. You had to sit out the transfer, and you had no combine. Wow. <laughs> Talk about short end of the stick. I've heard I've heard mixed reviews on the combine. You know, I've heard like it's like a once in a lifetime experience obviously but like it's it's terrible like going through it just the amount of like the hospital part like you got to be in the hospital for like six to seven hours doing every sort of scan like 
observing every injury you've ever had and then you got yeah i've heard like it, it takes a toll on you mentally and physically but you know I, I got all the gear so i'm not that mad they sent me the bag like i got my i still wear it you know sometimes well yeah i mean like you watch the combine and they run for like four seconds on the 40 yard dash and then they're standing around for the next 30 minutes and then they do it again so i feel like it's a lot of waiting it's obviously a long day and then plus you have to go through all those interviews as well so and i, I can there's that one player for USC who tore his ACL while running the 40-yard dash. So there's people who yeah. are not fans of the combine, but then there's people who love it because it boosts their draft stock. So I see both sides of it. Yeah, for sure. All right, next question on here is, this is my favorite question to ask. I, I love asking it. If you did not make it to the NFL, what would you have used your degree for assuming you don't have the connections you have now? Assuming I don't have the connections? Well, that's the great thing about SMU. SMU's got a great alumni base. Um, no. There's definitely a lot of people in SMU's database that'd be interested in working with. Um, back, well, this was what, five, four, four years? Oh, nearly four years ago now. Wow, I've been in the league a while. <laughs> getting old, man. No, I, I probably definitely would have been into commercial real estate. Uh, you know, I know economics doesn't really scream commercial real estate, but I had to choose economics while I was at Rice because they didn't have an undergraduate business program. So it just carried over to SMU and then I finished it out. Uh, but I actually did look up some economics based professions and risk analysis was actually pretty interesting, which is you're basically like a consultant. And you basically tell companies like, okay, this is how much risk you're taking on. This is what the market's telling us. You kind of... You're like prophesizing the future based on like market trends and it was an interesting job and you can have like a pretty wide audience as well. Like you don't have to just have one person that you work for. You can work for a bunch of different companies. Well, that sounds fun. Trust me, I'm glad you made it to the NFL, but if you didn't, risk management could have been pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably, but I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you do have a book drive. I would love to talk about that right now. Uh, what was the inspiration behind it? Why did you start it? And tell us a little bit about the results. Um, so last year we did uh, what's called KG's Carnival of Books. And basically it's like a book fair, but um, we basically had books for all the kids in two schools to come come in and grab two books and take home. Um, didn't need any money. They just got to come in, two free books, take it home. Um, but... And then we would come in the afternoon uh, and we had like a kind of like, I don't know if you call it like a fair. I guess it was a fair because we had bounce houses. We had like carnival games. We had like, you know, little press on tattoos. That was my station. I was getting people tied up. <laughs> we just invited the community to come out, come hang with us. Um, it was just me and my family. Um, but it, the inspiration was, you know, IPS, we have a real need for getting our literacy rate up. It, we have... I think it's like 22.3% uh, pass of third graders pass the uh, literacy test. Um, the reason that's such like an important number is because um, they determine how many prisons they're going to build based on that number. So oh, wow. they're, they're, they're thinking is like, okay, if not a lot of people can read by third grade, you're probably not going to graduate high school. If you don't graduate high school, you know, you're going to have to make ends meet. And however you do that, it's probably not going to be legal or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's in order to get that number up. Um, so 
we had we partnered with Kroger. Uh, we met with some of their contacts. They're great people, and they're like, "Hey, we would love to help y'all." And so we came up with this KG's Book Drive. We're trying to get ten thousand books. Now we're sponsoring five schools, and every student who comes into the KG's Carnival Book next year or this coming year now is going to get five books that they get to take home with them. Okay, so is this in your county, in in Indianapolis? Or... Yeah, this is for the okay. inner city schools in Indianapolis. Yeah, because okay. I've never heard of this before. So they they look at the literacy in third grade and then they they build prisons based off that. Oh yeah. Wow, see that that's wild to me. I've never heard of anything like that before, mm-hmm. um, and that's awesome that you're trying to um, just give out books to to help them out with that. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kroger, so they just do they DM you? Do they call you? How did, how did this partnership form? They actually got in touch with my parents. My parents helped me run um, KG's Kids, which is the nonprofit. Um, they helped me run it. And yeah, they got in touch because we have people who know, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And we know people who know other people. And they got in contact with us. We're like, hey, we love what you're doing. And so, yeah, we just got connected, linked up. And now we're here raising 10,000 books. And have you gotten to that goal? Or are you close to the goal? We're really close. We actually had um, the Knights of Columbus. It's a it's a it's a program down here in Indy. Um, actually, it's in I think twenty three states and oh, it's yeah. overseas as well. It's in my. You state. heard of it? Yeah, oh yeah, it's in my state. Yeah, my church partner is up with it. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're they're awesome. They're awesome. But they donated fifteen pallets of books, which is like. 5,500 books was like the estimate. We don't have the, the number yet. We're still counting them. We picked them up, um, was it Wednesday? I think we picked them up Wednesday. Yeah, we picked them up yesterday. Yeah, I think so. No, no, Tuesday. We picked them up Tuesday. I'm sorry. My days get muddled. They start running together once you start training. You hey, know, you're, it's you're like, okay, what, fine. <laughs> what, what muscle group was I working out when I went to go pick those up? <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, we went and picked those up, and then we got another donation from Indie Reads. I think we got another 10 boxes of books, so we're going to have to see how many of those are. But I think after the pallet, we were just under 2,000 books to go. So with this 10 boxes of books, we'll see how close we are to that number. I think I think we're real close. And that's until eight, early April, right? That's early April, yes, sir. Yeah, it's it's nearly there's there's a website, there's bins over sixty stores in Indianapolis and any Kroger. So yeah, there's places you'll find it. You'll see it. <laughs> That's perfect. So uh, you mentioned KG's kids. Uh, what else do you do with KG's kids on top of the book drive? And where can listeners go to help out? Um, so you can go to our website, kgskids.com. Um, and it all started. Um, it all started kind of out of pocket. Um, it was just me and my parents at first. Um, I actually started it before I even got to the league. I started it my senior year of college. Um, and we started by donating um, cultural diverse libraries to students because um, my thinking was that, you know, that we eventually started in Texas and we have a, it's a pretty diverse group there. And the thinking was um, in order to get kids reading, if they, we introduce more books that have kids or experiences that are catered to them or that they can relate to they'll have a better time empathizing sympathizing and seeing themselves in the characters and maybe get them more into reading if they're reading about stories that they can relate to so it's like oh yeah 
this book, you know, it, it sounds like me and so, this sounds like my dad, this sounds like my mom, this sounds like some sort of conversation we would be having at our house. And, you know, it just gets kids more active. And so that's how we started. We were sponsoring classrooms. We would uh, donate uh, books. And uh, also when COVID hit, we did um, KG's Kids um, Summer Slide program where we did like, I would hop on Zoom calls and I'd read the kids and just like, just to keep them going. Cause I'm sure you've been through like, you leave for summer and um, like you come back that next semester and like you, you're starting to learn again. You just forgot oh, everything. Yeah. Like, you're like, and you're like having to like relearn everything. Basically our Casey's Kids program was like designed to limit that. Cause as long as you're somewhat active, like you'll retain more information. So that was the idea, especially with COVID cause kids, the parents loved it. Cause they were like, okay, yes, please like take them for an hour. We, we are, we are working from remotely and we've been dealing with them a bunch. So yeah, that was fun. And yeah, that's, that's what we were doing before we got to this point. And then we got to IPS and we started doing the KG's Carnival books. And we've been really integrating ourselves into the, the IPS world up here. My parents actually work here at IPS. Uh, so those were all the normal questions. Thank you so much for sharing about your nonprofit and your book drive. Uh, so getting to know you over the last 26 minutes was awesome. Now we're gonna go in. It's been great. I wish we could talk longer about all this stuff. We just have some light questions to go through now. Just fun okay. ones. Uh, I have a good feeling that Quentin Nelson will not be the answer for question number seven, but we'll just, we'll just, we'll just go there as we go. <laughs> all right. All so right. for this one, you have a cross country trip and it's you and three of your teammates. Who are you mm -hmm. taking with you to make it to your final destination? Mm. See, I'll bring Mo, Moneybag Mo, because Mo's going to get us flying across the country. He's not, we, we're not going to be in an RV. We're going to fly. <laughs> So that, yeah, money bag mode, gonna make sure we, we're taken care of. Ooh, um, gotta bring Pitt. Pitt, Pitt finds stuff to do, and he's real funny. So like, he'd be like the entertainment on the, the flight over. Um, I say the last one I bring, hmm. I feel like I need to bring a defensive guy just for representation, you know what I mean? I feel like I've been answering offensive guys, so if I had to choose a defensive guy to bring, I'd probably bring Buck. Buck's real chill, laid back kind of guy. So I think I think we have a good time. I think that'd be a pretty fun mix. So whose film do you look up to the most growing up? Whose film did I look up to the most? Um, I would say Walter Payton. Um, he was like my favorite player, and he still is my favorite player. Um, I didn't really get into watching tight end film until I was in college um, at SMU because I was a receiver before that. Um, before that, of course, I was watching, you know, the GOAT, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice was the man. He was mixing and dicing dudes up out there. So, yeah, that's who I was watching before when I was a receiver, when I was a skinny guy. Yeah. What's one thing that you would tell your 15-year-old self? Uh, what was I doing when I was 15? Uh, keep going. Keep pushing. Because uh, there's a lot of a lot of points in my story where I could have given up and just called it and been like, that's it. You know, I've, I've given it all I got. But because I didn't, I'm sitting here now. Yeah, I mean, you could have senior year broken your leg. You could have said, nope, I'm mm -hmm. out. But you kept pushing. And now now you're tight in the yep, NFL. Yep, Whenever I, I transfer schools, I could have been like, ah, I'll just stay here. 
whenever they switch position, I can be like, ah, you know, I want to be a receiver. Right. Uh, what are your goals for the upcoming season? Um, Super Bowl. That's 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 the same goal everyone's got. Go to the Super Bowl. Um, but definitely want to, you know, once I got to see who my quarterback's going to be before I can say any goal. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm going to preface it because you guys are going to get a quarterback in the draft. You're well positioned for one. And I'll preface this for you that you're okay with any quarterback that you get. But if you had to pick just based off of what you're hearing, mm-hmm. who would you like to be throwing your passes this year? Here's the thing. I don't even have a pick because I don't even bother looking. <laughs> my, my guess, my my opinion matters not. It does not. It doesn't matter. I asked. I, I, I'll ask, I, I've been asked so many times, like, who we get? And I'm like, dude, like, like kind of like I said, like, you don't know until the day of the, like, until they start reading off picks, you don't know. So I, I'm not even going to guess. I'm not even going to get my hopes up and be like, ah, oh, this is my guy that I want. You know, I'm not going to do that because this is going to break my heart if we don't pick, you know what I mean? But right. hey, as long as they throw me the ball, I'm happy. I don't care. <laughs> Well, yeah, right now you got Ellinger and Gardner Minshew. Yep. Those are two really good backup quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. And that could that could play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Colts are kind of done with the veteran route, trying to get a rookie quarterback from what I'm hearing, what you're probably hearing, too. You don't want to put all your cards out on the table, but that's just what we all assume. <laughs> I don't have any cards. Like, look, these are my cards. I got none. <laughs> okay, this is awesome. This is a great interview. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I would love to donate $50 to your foundation to help keep it going. And I, I love the work that you're doing. And I can't wait to see it continue to flourish. Hey, I appreciate that, man. We appreciate your support. Yeah, this 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 is gonna be big. This is gonna be doing big things for Indiana, and we hope next year it's gonna be even bigger. So we appreciate you. Hopefully, I have you. I'll be on here next year. Oh, for sure. You can come on whenever you want. You want to tell a story? Just, just DM me or whatever. We'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> that sounds good. A uh, huge shout out for you making this such a great episode. And that's a wrap on for the athlete. Hope you can stay healthy and have an amazing season this year keep getting better and i can't wait in five years from now when you're one of the top titans in the league and be like yeah I oh yeah oh yeah appreciate that man i appreciate that <laughs> i'm gonna try to make that happen <laughs> i am brooks huber and you just listened to for the athlete thanks for listening to for the athlete as always be on the lookout for another athlete appearance next week Make sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and wherever you listen to podcasts. 